following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Well, as the uh, clip for the now-defunct Boars and Bernstein radio show ended every episode, it's over, it's all over, meaning the NFL regular season, and we are on to the playoffs. Did enough happen on Sunday? I mean, so many things were up in the air, and it all kind of boiled down. It was, it was as much as Major League Baseball tries to get all that stuff figured out, it's amazing sometimes just how much it comes to down to that last week or weekend sometimes with still less like some division races or wild card races or whatever. And it, I just like that we have something to watch because it feels like this year we didn't get as many teams resting guys. Maybe it's because they were all injured. That could be too. But it felt like it would, it held my attention a little bit more. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's the question that we've been asking about all these sports really the last couple of years. And, and it's, do is this good for the game? Um, do we need this? Is it entertaining? Sure. Does the game need the 9-8 and eight Seahawks and the 9-8 and eight Dolphins without their quarterback in the playoffs? No, we don't need that. Nobody needs that. I don't even know that the fans in Miami even need to watch their team again at this point. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I get it. It's more football, and it's if it's it's just one of those things. If it's on, people are going to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not rocket science here. Um, I mean, I think I was thinking about it um, watching the uh, the college football playoff last night, and eventually how that's going to expand, and. I was just like, it's only going to be a matter of a couple more years before the NFL adds an eighth team. And then it's, and then to me, it gets really dicey because now an eight and eight Jacksonville is getting the same advantage that the 13 and four chiefs are. If everybody has to play a first round game, if there's no buy. So I don't know this, this playoff thing's a little, it's interesting. I mean, until I guess until we have a seven seed run the table and win the title, to me it's just kind of like what are we doing this for? Because most of these teams that are fighting for that spot are just they're not very good. Before the Seahawks made it, did we ever have a winning divisional team that had a losing record that that made the playoffs? Uh, or were they the first one? I can't remember. I don't know. But you're probably going to see that now. If that if they expand like you're talking about, oh, you're talking when? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think there might have been like a six six and ten team like back in the day. Okay, but it's it's been pretty rare. But I would think now you. I mean, you keep adding spots, and if if there's if the goal is parity, then that's what you're going to get at some point because some division it's just going to line up down the line that some division's bad all across the board. Somebody's got to win it, mm-hmm. and somebody's going to get a home game. With a losing record. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to happen. Not really the way it's set in, up to in, be. Well, it's not It's not the way it was intended to be. It's the way they've set it up, though. It's not the way it should you be know, intended. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, it should just be record. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think, I mean, if, you know, people say, why have divisions? Well, I think if you win your division, then you should make the playoffs. But I don't think winning your division should give you an advantage over a team that was just better than you and had a better record. We talk about that in college football with the Big Ten East and West, which is going to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, should we have a Big Ten title game with a shitty team out of the West against a good team out of the East just because you won your division, just because that's the way it's set up? Well, that's kind of not the point of seeing the best two teams play for a conference title. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you can apply that to what you're talking about for sure. But um, I I didn't watch much of the Vikings and Bears. I don't know. Nor did I. I had it on a little bit. I was I wondering was kinda... whether you were. Well, the I was watching the Bills game, honestly. Okay. You know, um, for sure. Because frankly, it it had some meaning, and I knew the Bears were going to lose. There was no way they were going to go out there and win that game. Um, Vikings kind of needed to. I think. I think the Vikings needed to feel good about themselves a little bit and and going into the playoffs after the last week. Um, and the Bears didn't have any need to feel good about anything other than their draft position, so they were not going to try to win. And um, I didn't even know Tim Boyle was on the team. Yeah, I, well, I didn't. I I remembered when that happened when he came in, but other than that, no, I I didn't recall either. But um, he helped. He helped. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, it's it was a rare time as a Bears fan where we caught a break. We actually got a break. Thanks to your old coach. Thanks to Lovey, the gift that keeps on giving. The best Bears coach since Ditka um, decided that it was more important that he was going to give a middle finger to the ownership of the Texans who were going to fire him, and he was going to win that game and screw them out of the number one pick. Do you think if he lost that he wouldn't have gotten fired? No, I think they told him beforehand he was fired. They were going to move on. Yeah, because it was reported that they had met. Beforehand, oh. so I think they probably told them, "Listen, here's you know, my parting shot," which is like just shows you if that's true, shows you how poorly run that organization is. Because you don't do that; you don't tell the guy going into his you, last you don't give game. him incentive to screw you. It doesn't even make no sense. I bet those owners didn't even think about that at the time. Like, there's no way we're winning this game anyway. Which well, they were up for a lot, and then the Colts came back. All eyes around that team, though, because second. Year in a row, they have done. They have won and done a head coach who's happened to be a black head coach. Yes, and they've really given them no chance to win and no chance to build. And you know, I, I heard something the other day that they wanted last year to hire Brian Flores, but when all that whole lawsuit thing came down, and on top of the stuff they still had going on with Deshaun Watson, it just wasn't. They just couldn't handle it. So maybe they go after him again. Uh, but, yeah, thanks thanks to the Texans. Bears got the number one pick, which, you know, I haven't really looked at any mocks too much because I didn't really want to look at anything until it was settled. Sure. Um, it's interesting. I mean, because you kind of get into this, you know, who needs a quarterback position if you're the Bears. And it's quarterback heavy. But there's only seems to be one guy that everybody wants. I don't. I don't even know. Is it quarterback heavy? Is it? Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. There's are they, a lot. Are they quarter? Are they worthy first round picks? Well, though I think there's so many teams that are just needy for one that they're 
is probably a fair amount of reaching. So I, I wrote them down. I've got, let's see, I've got one, two, th- three, four, five. I got like seven teams that I think are definitely in need of a quarterback. Okay. So you got the Jets, Raiders, Colts, uh, Houston, Tampa, because Brady ain't going back. Washington, Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta. Now I think Baltimore. Oh, I don't know if they're. I don't know if I'm giving Lamar two hundred and fifty million after what's gone on this year. New England. I don't know what they're doing with Mac Jones. I don't know. Um, you still riding with Tannehill, Tennessee? Like, yeah. you know, Daniel Jones. You gonna you gonna bring him back? Yeah. Seahawks. You riding with Geno? You know, Washington, Carolina, Saints, Falcons. That's like the whole the whole NFC West has no quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, the two teams you look at for the Bears, I would say, are Indy at four. I mean, Seattle at five is a possibility if they wanted to move off of Geno, if there was somebody that they really liked. Uh, but Indy at four is kind of the spot, right? So I... I don't remember what the guy's name was, but I I had the first mock. He came out with the first mock draft almost as soon as everything was set in the lines and the Packers were over. And he said the Colts would be the best option for a trade. Makes sense. And that's what they would give to the Bears. They'd take Bryce Young, and then uh, the Bears would take at four Jalen Carter, who's apparently the number one, number one guy, according to a lot of people, mm-hmm. who is the Georgia defensive lineman. Um, and that's who Chicago would take down there. And I didn't see with the extra picks what would happen or anything like that. But that was there. And now, I mean, talk started to resurface today because that's what talking heads do uh, about do you want to keep the pick and you take a quarterback? Yeah. But do you want, I mean, I heard a couple people say that, but I heard some smarter people give reasons as to why that's a mistake. I think it's a mistake yeah. because now you're going to be caught, it feels like, to me as a non-Bear fan, in this endless loop of new coach saddled with a quarterback who they don't want and is okay, but you need more development time. Maybe it's not the guy you wanted and not the offense you want to run, but you got to give it a little time. It doesn't work out, so you switch quarterbacks. Then you don't give the coach enough time, and he gets fired, and then you bring in a new coach with the new quarterback that he didn't want. It's like you just keep going. Mm -hmm. And it's like you need to stop at some point and figure out if this is going to work. Yeah. From both sides. And so it, it... it just wouldn't make sense to me. And given the fact that you got a lot of stuff and a lot of money sitting there, a lot of needs and a lot of money in salary cap space, it seems like the perfect opportunity. Get somebody a chance, load up on what you can do, and get a stretch run of about two or three years maybe and then see what you got. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. Yeah, and I, I heard I heard Cowherd talking about this the other day, and I think I, I think I tend to agree with him. You know, Regardless of who the Bears trade with, whether it's, you know, uh, Indy at four, Vegas at seven, whatever, um, I think they need to get a legitimate weapon back in return. I think they need a player as well. Not necessarily just a pick. Right. And Cowherd's example is if you trade him to the Raiders, I need Hunter Renfro back. I I need your pick, and I need next year's first, and what, you know, whatever we're going to do, but... I need somebody that I can bring back that I can throw out there today 
that's going to help my quarterback. Or, you know, and he said, you know, if you trade with Indy, maybe you want Quentin Nelson or one of their better linemen as somebody to bring over along with picks. I, The thought of it just being a bunch of picks, it sounds great, but, you know, I mean, like 45% of these guys don't even pan out to be playable NFL guys. So, I don't know. I, I've read some stuff even of them just staying put and taking this Anderson guy. Um, out of Georgia, I believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's happening. I, I, that, I think that would be a colossal mistake taking a defensive guy number one. I just, uh, you look around the league over the last several years. I mean, I was thinking about JJ Watt. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, like he was otherworldly for four years on Houston. They were going nine and seven, ten and six. They were getting beat in the first round. I mean, yeah, Aaron Donald's amazing, but that team was loaded last year. Like, it wasn't just because of him they got where they got. They had seven other stars. Those guys in those spots don't transform they your don't. team. They don't. And, I mean, you know, Packer fans could say, well, what about Reggie White? Well, you had Favre, you know. I mean, Reggie was the first guy to kind of make you relevant, but then you had all this other stuff in a superstar quarterback. So I think you got to go um, with an opportunity to trade that to whoever is the most desperate. And would that be funny if Houston they're traded? For well, look, I I, I, think I thought about hysterical. that. I, I thought about that because, like, if you're Chicago and you know Houston wants Bryce Young, and you know Indy wants Bryce Young, well, pit them against each other. Give us next year's first. You know, you recoup some of your Trubisky disaster. Just takes a couple years to do it. You know, that'd be kind of nice. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be fun over the next couple of months. Um, I I don't think there's any chance of trading fields. I know we talked about it before, but I just think that that would be silly. Yeah, like you said, you set the clock back to zero. I mean, the only advantage that you're really gaining is that he could be, quote-unquote, your guy, and you got a two-year restart on the contract. But we don't know that any of these guys will ever have a season like Justin Fields just had. And that's the thing. Do you all With one of these guys, do you take the chance that all of a sudden he breaks out in his rookie season? It's like, holy shit. That's what you're rolling the dice on. Yeah, of course. We're, we're breaking that cycle. Of course. You know, and that and that's a that's a big gamble every time you do it. And it usually it usually doesn't work. Doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, I mean Jared Goff was a number one pick and he's a nice player, but I don't think he's anybody anybody's super excited to build their franchise around. Or Baker Mayfield. Right. Or Kyler Murray. You know, and, and Bryce Young and CJ I think Young is like what, five ten? He's yes, small. He's small. And I mean, we've seen what have happened to these small guys. I mean, even like Tua, he's not taking the direct head hits. It's like these whiplash getting thrown to the ground hits. So I don't know. Be fun to watch. <laughs> fun to read about. Uh Packers lose to the Lions in a must have game. Um <laughs> Detroit's defense was near the bottom of the league for most of the year. They had backup defensive backs that you had so many problems. Drops early by Lazard and Dylan. Um, uh, uh, Dobbs had a couple of drops. Aaron Jones fumbled. Offensive line, Yash Nyman had to be benched because he was just getting worked over. They refused to chip. Rodgers is just throwing it up to these guys, and that's... Uh, he, 
and I, I was texting with Michael today, we've seen a lot more of that this year, of him missing open guys and just taking shots downfield, just shot plays. When things break down, we're just going to throw it up. Let my guys go get it or make a play. You don't have guys that can do that anymore, and I don't know what is ingrained in his head to still think that they can. Like, Watson is a nice player, and he's been able to to do some things here now that he's back on the field and, and is healthy, but, you know, you don't have Devontae Adams anymore. You don't have these guys who are going to make spectacular plays. Um, and I and on that that final interception, A.J. Dillon missed a blitzing linebacker and went over to the left side of the line, so Rodgers felt the pressure and he just threw it up. He had Lazard dragging across the middle of the field. It's wide open. Didn't see him. It's first down. Move the chains. He has gone back to so many more mistakes that he sh- that he wasn't making in previous years. It's it's like he, he's in his first couple years in the league as a starter. And the regression to me has been pretty glaring, uh, I guess. I mean, I was in the office Monday for like 30 seconds and Grizz, so is he done? Dude, I know you're not a Packer fan. We got five months of this out of us. Maybe more, you know, and and like I said on Twitter, for the reporters who asked two questions in, what do you think about, you know, your future and blah, blah, like, the guy just got done losing. I, yeah, he just got out of the shower, man. Like, do you relax. really expect him to have an answer about his future right now? Right. Uh, let's be serious. I know you're doing your job, but, I, I mean, can't those questions wait until his final presser, which is going to be on Wednesday? Give him a couple of days to, you know, kind of come off of this. Mm-hmm. But those are the people that really want to, you know. They're dummies. That's just what they are. They're dummies. And maybe that's why I wouldn't work in the really serious journalistic world. Because I'm not asking that I don't question. even think that's serious journalism. I think that's just stupid. <sighs> I don't get it. But um, it seemed like the Packers didn't play with much fire. Again, it was Lafleur overworking the offense. I, I didn't really under. There was no flow to the game plan. Detroit wanted it more, and they knew they were out. And they still seem more fired up to keep a division rival out than the Packers were fired up to make the playoffs. You can't have that happen. I think the Packers thought Detroit was going to lay down. Based on some of the comments that that Rodgers and some of the Packers players made over the last couple of times they played the Lions, I think the Lions were pretty goddamn offended and pissed off and thought, fuck you, Packers. We're going to spoil your season. Good. Watch this. And you know, I give them, I give them a lot of credit. I mean, they were pulling, they were going for it. They that hook and ladder shit they ran down by the goal line. I mean, that's just like balls on the table. We don't give a shit. We're gonna beat you. Yeah. What do you have to play for at that point? Yeah. Nothing. Personal pride. Personal pride, which is what it's supposed to be all about anyway. And screw you out of it. Yeah. You're a division rival. We're not handing it to you. You know. Well, as far as Rogers goes, I mean, I just think this is how it's supposed to happen. It's almost 40. Like I heard, I think Simmons was talking about this on his podcast. Like we look at guys like Brady and LeBron, like LeBron in year 20 in the NBA and Brady at 45. And it's kind of like, well, why isn't every, well then that means that like everybody else in his generation should be doing it. It's like, no dude, like these are unicorns. All these guys that Brady came up with and even guys that came out after him, they're done. They're gone. Roethlisberger, Manning, they're gone. You know, Rodgers is in that era, and he's at the end of the, of the line here. And 
I part of me thinks I wouldn't be surprised at all if he retired because I think he's got a giant ego and I don't think he wants to play bad. I don't think he wants to be the core. I don't think you want to look like Favre looked like that that last Favre season, he was a a shell. You know, even Peyton Manning, even though they won the Super Bowl, like the last half of that, he couldn't throw the ball. Like, I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to be anything like that at the end of his career. I think he would rather go out with his head held high if he were to retire. So part of me thinks I wouldn't be totally shocked if he retired. But at the same time, well, if he's he, he seemed other than his thumb to be relatively healthy this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't really know how he feels about the roster, but if he feels okay about at least the offensive side of the roster – and, oh, by the way, he's got about 50 million reasons why not to go anywhere. Well, why would he retire? So. Well, and some of these guys are, and to your last point, before you talked about that, some of these guys are stubborn enough that they don't, that they think that, well, this is uh, this is an aberration. I can do better. Than well, this. some are, sure. And, but so I think some are also very aware of their legacy, and they don't want to look you know, you you don't want to be the old the old guy in the baseball diamond that you know used to play center and now he's playing first and you're batting him eighth and he used to hit cleanup like that ain't that ain't what I don't think Rogers is that kind of guy. I think he thinks I am the man, That's and if I mean. I'm going to be here, I'm going to be the man. But if I'm not me, I'm not going to be here. Yeah, part of, I don't know. Part of me thinks there's there's part of that personality that says, I can still do this. I don't know what all you guys are talking about. Because he seems incredulous about a lot of stuff when people challenge him. Sure. You know, so, but a so, lot of that could be just his own self-defense because he, he sees the tape. He sees the, the mistakes and the misses, too. And at some point, you can't, even the most deflective of people have moments where they're like, yeah. I know, but he still justifies his decisions on what he does, whether it's blindly or not. Publicly, he does. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I don't it's, know what, what he would do behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, the Quay Walker thing was, it's just. Uh, it's one of the, it's, it's, you know, you can say he's a kid, but I, I mean, you're, you're two hands shoving a trainer in the back. And it's the second time you put your hands on a another team's person, person, personnel this season that aren't involved with anything having to do with what's on the field. And you're getting yourself thrown out of the biggest game of the year in an in a in a moment when they need you on the field when they're driving to to win the game. Young um, and stupid, pretty inexcusable, man. Yep, absolutely. Somebody, somebody, I was reading on some thread on whatever a guy that I know is like he should be cut. I'm like, what? You're not cutting a first-round pick for having some really, really horrible lack of judgment uh, situations twice this year. Granted, it was in a big situation, but, you know, I mean, it's a learnable thing. Well, and who was the other guy that came over and tough-guyed him? Devontae Wyatt, his his teammate that they drafted in the first round, too. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? So, did you know the guy on the on the field was their teammate at Georgia? Yeah, and that, that's why they were there. It, they were checking on him. Did you know the guy that hit him with a Lex Luger lariat was also their teammate in Green Bay? Didn't know. Well, yeah, they're all on Green Bay. Yeah. So I don't care who's teammates with who. I don't give a shit. You don't do that. It's it's crap. I, I'm not saying. I, it's I, I wish one. Of, I wish one of those linemen for uh, the Lions would have ripped ripped one of their helmets right off and beat their ass with it. I mean, really, dude, like, 
we're just coming off like five days ago. We had a we had the exact same guy. We don't know if fucking nope. Swift is laying on the ground. We don't know what the hell's wrong with him. We just saw the hit he took. Like, come on, man. What are you doing? I'm glad they threw him out. And I, I Lafleur should have pulled him out if they were not going to throw him out. I mean, I know you're trying to win a game, but what the fuck are you doing? I don't know. I, I don't know if he's going to face suspension. I'm sure there'll be a fine. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 I, I'm over that. It's just as coach said, and we said uh, I said something else. I can't remember who I was talking about. Just giant fits of stupidity. Yeah, that's that. That's what it is. Um, so last week of the regular season. So you never really answered oh, though. Sorry. Do you think Ro- no, this is Rogers' last care. game? I don't care. <laughs> I, I honestly don't care. I don't. There's there's so many moving pieces. Just 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 though off off the cuff. If he's back, is Love gone? They'd have to sign him to a boatload of money right. for his fifth year option. Exactly. I, I just don't. You got to pay him like twenty million dollars. I don't see both of those happening. Right. And so if so if Rogers is back, Love's gone. I mean that's got to be the the way it is. I would have to think so. Yeah. Yes. And maybe when he's a free agent, okay. Play this out long term, longer term. Um, if Rodgers retires, they sign Love to a fifth year option. How hysterical would it be if he plays his one year, does okay, and then in free agency says, "I'm out of here." <laughs> you guys are treating me like shit yeah. for four yeah. years, yeah. And now I finally get it only because that dude retired. Now you expect me to to be your quarterback for the next X number of years? I don't think so. I'm out of here. I think that would be hysterical because you dick the guy around for a while, and you wasted he wasted some years of his career, I wouldn't be surprised if he's holding some people hold grudges like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I being a Packer fan, I know it would cause, you know, turmoil and on the team that I cheer for, but I think it would be hilarious if that happened. That's a long ways away. I don't know. Well, um, I think I think Rodgers will be on the Packers next year, being their quarterback, and, you know, Unless unless he retires in his press conference on Wednesday, which I don't think, which happening. I don't see happening, I, I don't see any reason. And the only way he's not is if they trade him, and I don't think they have the balls to trade him because I think they over, I think they would overvalue his actual worth. And I also don't think that. Uh, I mean, unless they really, really think Jordan Love's really good and can play right now, and can be in playoff contention right now, I would give Go- I would give Goody some props if he did it. I'd say that. Like wow, okay, man. Like I, well, I know, he's forty. I know a lot of people look down on Ted Thompson for you know kind of pulling the, the trigger and jettisoning Favre or whatever. Like I wouldn't look at Goody the same way as I did Thompson at that point. I'd be like, good for you, man. At least you didn't let him hold you up. Mm-hmm. Like you made your decision. You finally like, did something. Right, go run with it. Fine, that's fine. I don't care. You know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Um. All right, let's All right. Get to the Saturday games. games uh, Chiefs took care of the Raiders. I don't really watch any of that. No, we were doing the... We, yeah, we were doing the game. Yeah. Um, and then Jacksonville beat out Tennessee. Yeah, pretty crazy ending there with the Dobbs fumble and... Yeah. Scoop and score, yeah. that was that was unbelievable. Uh, you and I were both watching that at the time. We had just gotten back. Um, Falcons, Buccaneers, I, that didn't really matter Mm-mm. at all. Um, you were watching Bills Patriots. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy that you ran two kicks back. 
Including the opening the, kick. The first I mean, one. Did you read that Hamlin set off every alert when yeah. he was uh, jumping up and cheering yeah, around in Jesus, the like, relax. Like, holy shit. Yep. But, no, I mean, he, he just kind of knew New England couldn't keep up mm-hmm. offensively with Buffalo. Uh, Cincinnati beat Baltimore. Yeah, again, ba- you know, Baltimore without Lamar, they just can't score. I, I, you know, and, and now we got to see this same shit matchup again. Great. It's, it's those couple of those AFC teams when they get together. It's like the Steelers, the Ravens. Yeah, what's the common denominator? It's the Ravens. The Bengal, yeah. It's the Ravens, dude. It's the like, Ravens look, are. When you watch those, it's just not entertaining football. You, you know what it is to me? It's Badger basketball. It's a fucking grinder. You just know that when you play them, they play differently than everybody else, and they're hard as shit to play, and they're well coached, and they're never great. But they just—they're always in the mix. I guess I never, I never really put that to that. Baltimore is the common denominator. Okay, uh, as we talked about earlier, the Texans score with fifty seconds to go to beat the Colts and cost themselves the number one pick. Okay, so they hit the hail mary to get down thirty-one to thirty, and they decide to go for two. Should he have kneeled? Oh man! Because I heard some people say that he should have kneeled there, and I think that would be even worse. Than, than what he did. Because I think that just shows me that you flat out have, like, you can't do that in it. You you can't just quit the game, basically. But if people are pining for teams like you're tanking and we know it, even though you're, you know, doing it kind of on the down low, I would give them credits. Like, we want the number one pick. This game means mm. nothing to us. If if you want to put your money where your mouth is, I just I don't, I don't have a problem with I that. I just think it's a slippery slope if Probably you're a, if you're allowing a team to manipulate the game score in in a way that doesn't involve trying to win the game. That that's very slippery because now you're talking about point shaving and things of that nature and that that I don't know. I mean, it's it's funny how it worked out. I don't think I think at that point I guess he could have kicked, just kicked the extra point and went for the tie like he did in like week three or whatever. But like to just kneel, you can't do that. You got to have a little bit of integrity. I probably think it was funnier if he did that than actually oh, went man. for it. And Not as it. funny as the next game. A l- yeah, a nice baseball score. Mar- a couple of baseball scores. The Marlins beat the Mets eleven to f- fucking six. Scherzer didn't quite have it today. Seriously. And then Carolina 10-7 against New Orleans. I mean, the Miami Jets game, that's two teams that have been in the playoff mix the whole year. Nobody scored a touchdown. It was Nobody scored a touchdown. It was five field goals and a safety. Are you kidding me? And we're worried about whether or not these teams get to play another game? God. (laughs) Uh, We can skip. Unless anything happened in uh, Panthers-Saints that I... No, know about. no, I didn't even know it had actually happened until I looked at the score. Steelers double up the Browns. I mean, Mike Tomlin, man, keeps that streak alive. Didn't go under five hundred with that what, squad. What were they at one point at their lowest? I think they were like one in six or something. So kind of like Detroit, almost. Yeah, something similar. Because remember, like when Watt was out, like they didn't win at all. No, and like Trubisky was starting, and then Pickett was starting, and then he'd get hurt, and Trubisky'd come in. They were a mess. Uh, the Broncos get by the Chargers. Yeah, and like the Chargers played all their guys like the whole game, and their their position was locked in once Baltimore lost. So 
just mm. and I think Mike Williams might have got hurt. I don't that team is just I don't get it. Like they find new ways to just be stupid. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Jalen Hurts played and yeah, he played like the whole game, which I kind of get. I Eagles guess. Eagles beat the Giants. But man, you're taking a risk, boy. Yep. For sure. Um and then the 49ers pound the Cardinals. Um and then Black Monday wasn't so black uh, yesterday because I think it was only Kingsbury that got the axe. Mm-hmm. The, there were a bunch of assistants and some coordinators that got fired, but he was the only head coach after Lovey got the boot on Sunday. So there there hasn't been a whole lot of turnover yet in like 48 hours since the season's over. Well, and the Denver coach already got fired. Correct. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm just quickly glancing here. I don't know who would even be in line to get fired. Because a lot of these teams, you either knew they were going to be bad, or Saturday something. might not be back. Yeah, right. You no, know, for the Cole. I mean, uh, yeah, and again, Reich, inter- Reich was already fired. Right. Yeah, In- interim stuff. So, huh. well. um, and then the Seahawks put the rant or put the uh, the, the Lions in the in what the a disaster right. of a fucking ending that game was. was bad. <laughs> oh my god, Jalen Ramsey just doing dumb stuff, and then the kicker hitting the hitting the goalpost, and Geno making horrific throws, and Somehow that team's in the playoffs. That's, okay, you said dumb stuff. That's another thing that we could go back to the Packer game. Rasul Douglas walking down the line on the timeout in the field goal. What the hell was not, that? I have no idea. I have no idea. And he tried to do some bullshit excuse on Twitter, and I'm like, people don't understand why I did what I did. Your explanation still doesn't solve why What was you the explanation? Did I didn't... It was so convoluted it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> like, they called a timeout or something, or we were going to call a timeout. I wasn't going to let him snap the ball. I'm like... I don't care what – no. That's like that crap guys do in the NBA where somebody calls a timeout and then I shoot the ball and the guy now jumps up and taps it because he doesn't want to allow you see it go in the basket. So that's like, that sounds Are good. You, oh, okay. Yeah, I, It's like icing the kicker. That shit don't work. Uh, you had texted me and I didn't see any of the Washington-Dallas game, <laughs> but what in the hell was that? I mean – I. It didn't really mean much for Dallas. I mean, technically, they could have still won the division and got the one seed if Philly had lost. But twenty six to six to a Washington team that was not—I don't even know who their quarterback was—and Dak was awful. Like he threw a pass that should have been picked, and the guy dropped it. The very next pass, they ran the same exact play. He threw the same exact pass. The guy picked it, ran in for a touchdown. <laughs> it's like what are. What is this, Pop Warner? Yeah. Like, oh, that didn't work. Let's try it again. I mean, I don't know who to blame there. Is that is that a play-calling thing, or is that a, like, quarterback just not recognizing what's going on in the field thing? You would think that the coaching staff wouldn't have said, that didn't work, let's run it again. Uh, you would just think that the coaching staff wouldn't be responsible yeah. for that. Yeah. But then... Because it's not like it worked to perfection and your receiver just dropped it. Right. No, like, the, the corner dropped it. It hit the corner in the chest and he dropped it. We'll go after him again. He's not expecting it. Whoops. <laughs> Jesus. Um, all right. So, and then we've already been through uh, Packers and Bears. So, do you have our original? I, w- I went back and listened last night. Okay. So, you were six out of seven in the uh, AFC. Okay. Who who did I miss out on? Um, remember? Okay. Jesus, it, 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 remember. it doesn't matter. Your worst pick was Arizona. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, and I knew that halfway into the season. Yeah. Uh, mine was Denver. So we were both pretty wrong on that, yep. you know. I and you know we both had the Rams. Nobody foresaw that coming. That and uh, 
you know, we both had Tampa, I think, with better records, but we both had them in the playoffs. So um, I had Kansas City winning it over the Packers. You had Buffalo winning it over the Rams. Okay. So our NFC, we're dead in the NFC. And that just goes to show you how shitty that conference really was. For sure. Because we didn't really have a clue at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And usually, when you're that far off, it means that it was just kind of a kind of a disaster. Um, but yeah, I just I wanted to go back and see because I couldn't quite remember. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm happy. I happy I had the Chiefs. All right. So playoff matchups now on Wild Card Weekend. Um, there's some games on Saturday. There's some games on two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then one on Monday. Um, and I heard. Uh, Cousin Sal said on Simmons's pod last night that ESPN and ABC lobbied hard for that Dallas-Tampa game on Monday night. Okay. Like the NFL owed owed it to them. Like, yeah. Okay. They were oh, really they the, were really pushing for, for for the last week. Yeah, they were really well. I don't know about that, but I mean, they were really pushing hard to well, get that game. And, and I guess I guess contractually, you'd say, well, you got a, cor- a half of a quarter of a game in. I suppose we should give that to you if that's what you want. Probably had more eyeballs on it than you that's normally true. would have, though. That honestly, is true. yep. Uh, but but, but, but I, I just it, to me, it's 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 not the game that should be on Monday night. It's not the best game. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I get I get it's Brady against Dallas, but you, you want Seattle and San Fran, um, or, or do you want the who do you, who do you want Miami and Buffalo? I think the Giants Minnesota. Okay, is going to be the best game right. because I think the Giants are good enough to win. Mm-hmm. I think Minnesota will still win, but. But anyway, okay. we'll get to that. Um, I am just tired and looking at these, and I'm, I was looking at the diagram on Wednesday when I saw everything lined up. I just hate teams from the same divisions playing in the first round. Of the I'm not a fan of it either. And I think I, there should be a rule against it. And I get that they're seated for a reason. But Second round is fine. Right. First round, but I don't like no it. there's no reason you can't flop some of the away teams just to make it different between a uh, you know a, a six and a seven seed going somewhere else, the Giants should be in San Francisco and Seattle, Seattle and Minnesota. Minnesota. Baltimore should be at Buffalo and Miami at Cincinnati. Yes. There you go. I just solved your problem. <laughs> wow, that was hard. So you have a little you have a little less drama involved with teams in the same divisions with Saturday, Saturday Seattle at San Fran, which I think will be a blowout. You think I think San Francisco is going to kick the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. I I just think some of these teams. I look at Seattle, Miami, and Baltimore. I don't know how they score. Right. I mean, if Lamar's not playing for Baltimore and Tua's not playing for Miami, the, the all they do is make field goals. I don't know how the hell you're going to beat San Francisco or Buffalo or Cincinnati with those offenses if you're kicking field goals and they're scoring touchdowns. It's just not going to work. Good question. Uh, the night game on Saturday will be the Chargers at Jacksonville. Which I'm really, really looking forward to and really happy we'll be home to see. Yes. Her- Herbert against Lawrence is going to be fun. Uh, are you still on the Chargers bandwagon? Because right now the only team I'm really interested in in the postseason is is kind of Jacksonville. I want to see what they do. You know? Well, I think if if you're looking at kind of a an underdog who could make a run, I think it's probably still the Chargers okay. just based on their talent, but I don't think they're better than Buffalo, Kansas City, or Cincinnati and you're going to have to beat two of them. So, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to have to do it on the road. Right, you got to so, go on the road the you whole know, time. and it's going to be cold. 
So I don't know. I, I just I don't see it this year. Okay. I mean, I think it's it's nice for them to make the playoffs and maybe they can win a game here against Jacksonville, but gotta go a long way to do it. That's about it. Uh, then the the Sunday games start with the Finns at the Bills. That'll be a noon start. That's going to be a slaughter. I think, yeah, Buffalo. I think that's like a that's like a forty-one to ten game. Uh, Giants at Minnesota will be Sunday at three thirty. I think this might be the most competitive game of the weekend. Okay. I, I just I think it's a bad matchup for Minnesota. I think they're going to struggle with Saquon and. Um, that offense hasn't – it's been pretty good this year, but it hasn't been great lately. And I know they're at home, but they seem really, really almost over-reliant on Justin Jefferson having a mammoth game. That's a hard way to win in the playoffs, just waiting for your receiver to go, you know, 12 catches, a buck 80 with two scores. That's hard to ask for that every game. It seems like Hawkinson has overtaken Thielen as the next best option is yeah. that. He and, has. And that's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Like, Thielen caught a touchdown against the Bears, I think. Yeah, he did. Um, But I, I'm like, I haven't seen that guy in a while. Mm-hmm. Where's he been? Yeah, he was a monster for a while. Yes. So, uh, and then the night game on Sunday will be the uh, Ravens at the Bengals. Yeah. yeah. Just saw it. Yeah, I, right. I, I think we're going to see a similar result. Just saw that movie. And, and it then, doesn't sound like Lamar's playing. Well, then kiss your season. Yeah. And, and even if he is, he could. I, I'm not sure that. You would be overly confident in Baltimore going yeah, there. Yeah, he played in five weeks, so he's just going to walk back out and be, you know, great. Uh, and then uh, the Monday night game we talked about the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. I, I honestly could go either one. I, I could see Dallas winning and Tampa Bay stinking, and I could see Dallas stinking. And this, which just, team is going to stink more? It just—it's got Dallas, like. Smelly dog fart written all over it. It just does, right? Like <laughs> a, a Tampa team that got in be, on the strength or on the weakness of their division, horrific yep. division, and they pulled a couple of these games just completely out of their ass. And the only thing they got going for them that leads anybody to believe they have a chance is Tom Brady. Because if you substitute Tom Brady with Anybody in football, no one would think they were going to win that game. But it's Tom Brady. And it's the playoffs. And it's the playoffs. And it's just ripe for McCarthy to lay a big steamy pile right in his shorts. <laughs> I love it. it. It just feels it feels like that's what we're going to see. I love it. And, it, and, it, and I kind of feel like it might even be one of those games. Because I think a lot of times, and, and especially with coaches that, you know, we as fans and and in the me- and people in the media deem as dumb, quote unquote. A lot of times, some of these games that get screwed up in the playoffs are not their fault. It's just like an early pick, an early fumble, a blocked kick, a botched return, and everything gets screwed up in these games where it looks like it's going to be a mismatch and something weird happens. You can't blame the coach if the co- if the quarterback throws it right to the other team and they run it in. Nope. You know you can't blame the coach, the coach if the dumbass <laughs> lineman destroys the punter. Right. You know, like in these playoff games, it's that stuff. You know, that ends up deciding these games. And I don't know. There's a couple of them that are going to be very interesting to watch. But I don't know. I I just look at Kansas City and I'm like. I don't know who's going in there and winning. I don't. 
and I and I'm not I'm not as confident about Philly because they've lost two home games, right? One of which Hurts didn't play, but they did lose. Um, so I, I'm not sure anybody's too fearful of going in there. No, I I think the NFC is definitely a toss up. Mm-hmm. Um, so if is is Brock Purdy the next Brady? This overlooked like load. Was he a Mister Irrelevant? Right? Is that what? It, what? Last pick of the draft. This overlooked guy, four year starter, really good college career, overlooked by all the NFL teams, comes out, the guys ahead of him get hurt. He's in a top-notch, top-run franchise, well-coached, with an absolute loaded roster. It's basically the 0-1 Patriots. Honestly, if you look at it, like look at those defenses and how dominant they were and some of the guys on them, and you got just enough on offense. You can run the ball. Your quarterback doesn't throw it to the other team. I don't think he's got a turnover yet. I and he's undefeated. He's five and zero. He might have a turnover, but he's five and zero. I don't know, man. Wouldn't that be crazy? As one goat is walking off into the sunset, we're we're going to have this relatively unknown guy just win a Super Bowl. But you've all okay. Hmm. I just wonder. Okay, if that happens. The, did I break your brain? You really did. <laughs> well, because I'm like I'm like thinking we need more of a sample size, and it's like okay, he leads them. Let's again, let's just assume over the next month he leads them to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they and, end up going like wins. nine and zero with him. Okay. Does San is San Francisco stupid enough to put Lance back in? Well, th- right, and, and say, well, or, hey, people, or do you trade yeah, him? But, but people said the same thing. After after the whole Brady thing, people were like, "Really, you're gonna just play him over Bledsoe?" Mm. And guess what? They traded Bledsoe. Yeah, and I, it it wouldn't be. I mean, hey, it wouldn't shock me if they decided I, to trade. I, Trey honestly, Lance. I hadn't even thought about it until today. I was just looking at something, and I thought, "Holy shit, wouldn't that be?" I mean, dude, obviously, you got a long way to go to beat Tom Brady, but like, just the similarity of right. like the kind of story. The, I was like, wow, that's pretty crazy. The early trajectory. And even just the makeup of the teams. Right. You know, defensive-oriented, well-coached, put together well. Yep. You know, you've got yeah, one Debo. or two guys in right. Debo and McCaffrey yep. who, you know, they take the pressure off of the quarterback. I don't know that Brady necessarily had that, but hmm. I don't know. Just well, you did, something to think about. You did break my brain. <laughs> All right. Um that's uh, that's about 45 minutes of NFL. We'll probably roll through this other stuff uh, nice and quickly. Uh, college football, there's nothing much to say about the title game. The championship was Georgia and Ohio State. And I had a feeling, and I said it mm-hmm. on this and on the air, after those two semifinals, the title game was going to stink. And it did. Georgia just absolutely whooped them from pillar to post. Um, in fact, there were a lot of people like, I'm surprised even TCU scored, you know. Um, it was 1990 UNLV over Duke. There you go. When they beat him by like 40. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's there's nothing really to say. I mean, we, we talked earlier about the expansion of the playoff, and I what's that, 2024 on track for? I Something think. like that, yeah. Something like that. But. I just, you know, God, can you imagine being one of them guys on TCU, though, like, it's the biggest moment of your your life, and you just get destroyed. And and you know it at halftime. 
Like, why, what are you coming back out on the field to think is going to happen differently? Like, really? You're, you're going to talk yourself into that? I'd, I'd be curious to see what, what that pep talk and that motivation looks like. Would you rather be Stetson Bennett or... Joe Flacco. Like, would you rather be a forgettable NFL quarterback? That I mean, granted, he he got lucky enough to win a Super Bowl. So say. you know, I don't know who you know, a player of his caliber that didn't win a Super Bowl. Whoever I mean, before that, it was Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, would you rather be that, or would you rather be Stetson Bennett or Tim Tebow, where you've got national championships? Um, I don't know. Did Bennett win the Heisman? Did he win it last year? But he's been a finalist, I, so. I, I know. Yeah. And, and obviously Tebow won a Heisman. Um, would you rather be that legend in that state for that school forever? Or would you rather be Trent Dilfer? Would you rather be Kerry Collins? I'd probably would, rather. Would you rather be Brad Johnson? You know me and my affinity for it's, the I, whole I pageantry just, for college football. Another thing, I just I thought about that today, and because you know the whole twenty five years old thing has come up, and I don't I don't know enough about his circumstances to know why he's still there right. at twenty five. But um, you know, if he goes to the NFL and never does anything, doesn't matter. Does that matter? No. I mean, same thing with like Tebow. Like, does anybody in Florida really give a shit? I doubt it. That's affiliated with those that program. No, that he, you know, and, and it made me think of like Dane. Badger fans don't give a shit that he only had a four year career. Right. No, doesn't matter. He's revered. He's revered in the state. He still he still is requested to show up at things mm-hmm. as the I former mean, Badger. I mean, and- Jesus, how many times did we see uh, Ohio State trot out Archie Griffin, man? Like, yep, right. One of those two Heisman's in the seventies, legend forever. So I I think you probably answered your own question. I I, I would rather be be the but I'd, but 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 I'd rather be the NFL star. Of course, right? That's of where course. that's where the line is drawn. It's like yeah, but I'd rather be Rodgers or Brady or Breeze well, or Manning or no question there. You know, no question there. Yeah. Um, Forget but, and not even just the money part, just no. all the other stuff. A uh, couple of things happened with the Badgers today, which I'm getting a kick out of Luke Fickle on Twitter because every time. Or whoever handles his account. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> Every time they're going to announce somebody that is si- committing or signing for the transfer portal, they send out this little video that's 15 seconds or something of Badger red-white fans and players and highlights and stuff. So they got, in the last week, they've got another quarterback. They've got two linemen, a center that started in Cincinnati, and that's good because Wisconsin lost its starter to the draft. And now they got a tackle who didn't play... Uh, a whole lot. Now they got another defensive guy that's coming over. Um, where's he coming from? Michigan State. I saw that, yeah. But yeah. he was hurt last year. He had a really good 2021, was hurt last year. He's coming over. And then today they got uh, another quarterback, a four-star guy, freshman from Mississippi State, who was down on the depth chart. So he's coming. I don't know how good – I said this last week. I feel like rinse and repeating. I don't know how good any of these former guys who have been evaluated as having the talent to have four stars attached to their name when they come out of high school. We've gone from having one guy in Mertz who didn't wind up being very good to now there's like three guys that have this label and the one dude who's going to be established with one year left in Mordecai mm-hmm. from SMU. 
this quarterback room is, again, cautiously, I say this, chock full of potential talent. And it was devoid of talent months ago, two months ago. Like, it's the, the reversal on this, and I'm trying not to get too big of expectations for this whole thing, but it's like, I am really, really excited. I don't know if they're going to be any good. Their schedule seems horrific. I don't know if they're going to be any good. I just want to see what this looks like. That's all. I want to see them trot out and just see what it looks like. And you can beat the shit out of these non-conference teams that you're going to play after Labor Day in the first couple of weeks. That's fine. I want to see what it looks like when you get to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and, and you start playing some of the games that matter. Oh, and then they got a kicker. Oh, a freshman huh? from somebody who can apparently drill it from past 50 yards. got to have it. I, and, and that then this guy's only a freshman, so there's a potent, long-term potential there. So that's been happening in Madison. And I and each time something – and the kicker even reached out to that dude from USC who visited on Friday, a receiver. Mm. And he's like, hey, we're still missing one piece. What do you think there, guy? I don't even know what his name is. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, that'd be cool. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. As, as a Badger guy, I'm I'm really, really, really excited to see at least what this looks like. College free agency. That's all Gotta it is. Gotta hate it. Man. <laughs> all right. Uh, NBA Bucks were in the middle of uh, a road trip. They started last night, Yeah, right? just started. Monday. Yep. Yep. Five-gamer. Um, 26-14 and 14 in the East. They're in third. Two and a half behind Boston. Uh, last week, they beat the Wizards at home. 123-113, beat Toronto 104-101 in overtime, and beat the Knicks last night 111-107. Unfortunately, um, the other night at home against Charlotte, they gave up 51 in the first quarter, 84 at half, lost 138-109. Giannis had nine points. Yeah. Um, only played about 19 minutes in that game. So, Did you watch, I, um, I would assume? I watched a little bit, and then I started doing something else, and my phone buzzed, and I saw the end of the first quarter score, and I was out. Uh, if you're not going to try, I'm not going to watch. Okay. That's my philosophy. And and look, it's it's an 82-game season. I get it. Some nights you just ain't got it. Fair enough. I ain't watching. I got other stuff to do. Okay. Um, this week at Atlanta tomorrow, mm-hmm. I think this is the last game with Atlanta. It feels like they played them a ton. Um, then... At Miami Thursday and again at Miami Saturday. So the rare back-to-back against the same team. They just did that with Orlando. Washington. Well, they just did it last oh, yeah. week with Washington. Washington at home, right? They had done it. Yes, they had done it with Orlando early in the season, and I believe maybe even Detroit. Okay, they've 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 done that in lieu of the old school back-to-backs. Oh, okay, and it and it helps cut down on some of the travel. Whatever. Um, and then they're uh, at Detroit on Monday to round out this trip. So Middleton still out. I mean, at this point, I really don't know what to say. I, I haven't asked yeah, because I, it's like, what what's going on? Like, they're just calling it knee soreness. Your wrist has been a problem, and now it's you come back for what? How many games did he play? He played seven or eight, but he didn't look like himself. So Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, somebody asked me the other day, um, could the Bucks trade him? I mean, anything's possible. I, I would find it, I think it would be hard to imagine him having much value right now with the injuries and then factoring in he has a $40 million player option for next year that 
I really don't see him turning down at age 32. Um, you never know. Stranger things have happened, but you know, I just think they got their. I think they're being really, really cautious with with whatever the issue is because they're not really telling what Clearly. the issue is. Uh, but good news: Joe Ingles is starting to come along, playing much better. Yeah. Played really, really well last night. Five, big reason five threes. Yeah, big reason why they won that game. Five threes, five assists. Um. His ball handling and ability to play in the pick and roll with Giannis is going to be really big. That's why, man. Like I, you know, he he's not a great defensive player, but he's he's big and lanky. He's adequate. He tries, but man, you put you know Middleton, Holiday, Ingles, Lopez, and Giannis out there at the end of a game. That's a lot of shooting and a lot of length. That's tough to guard. Um, but we got to see it. We haven't seen it yet because as soon as Ingles came back, Middleton went out. and uh, But Giannis continues to, to do Giannis things. Had 55-10 and 10 against Washington the other day. Um, had a triple-double at Toronto. Actually had a quadruple-double if you throw in turnovers <laughs> in the win against Toronto. <clears throat> Last night, not huge numbers, uh, but... 22, I think. Yeah, just a huge factor. You know, really good defensively. Um and, you know, Thibodeau, one of the best defensive coaches in basketball, has been for years. Um, they threw the kitchen sink at Giannis, and we're going to make other guys hit shots. And early in the game, they didn't. And the reason they were able to come back is because they started to make some shots, um, especially Ingles and Holiday down the stretch. So hopefully they can, um, you know, I'm looking at these next four games on the road. I'd take two and two. I'd prefer three and one. I think it'd be very hard to go four and all. Be hard to beat Miami back to back like that. Okay, um, but you know, still in a good spot to be. And you know, like I said, two and a half games behind Boston, who's at twenty nine and twelve, still leading the East. But they're not. They're not playing as well as they have been in recent weeks. Um, Brooklyn is in second. They're a game ahead of the Bucks, but Durant now is going to have to miss a month. I saw that with an MCL sprain. So we'll see now. You know, Kyrie Irving likes to talk a big talk about how he's a leader and how he's a superstar. Well, here you go, kid. Here's your opportunity. Here's your opportunity to keep your team afloat for the next month because that's going to equivalent to about 15, 16 games. It's a lot. Um, so hopefully he um, does what he does best and disappoints and uh, – <laughs> Brings them back to earth a little bit. I love it. Sounds like uh, Steph Curry's going to be back this week. Yep. Which is good to hear. Anthony Davis possibly back next week, which I don't really care about the Lakers, but you never like to see good basketball players hurt. Um, so that's pretty much it. I mean, we're, you know, for the next couple weeks, really until we get to the all-star break in mid-February, we're, we're getting the dog days now. You know, we got to get to the all-star break get to the trade deadline, and then everybody can kind of start lining up for the playoffs. So, uh, you know, hang with it, basketball fans. If, you're, uh, if your NBA is not, not doing it for you, there's some pretty good college hoops in the state to watch right now. Uh, number 18, Wisconsin, speaking of, or maybe not entertaining, uh, as you just mentioned, second in the Big Ten. Uh, they just beat Minnesota, but on Saturday they lost to Illinois. Tyler Wall had an, had an ankle injury in the first quarter or in the early in the first half, um, and and missed the game. 
and then, or did he get hurt against Minnesota? He got hurt against Minnesota. Minnesota that's right. Yeah, he missed he, the second he, half. He didn't play against Illinois, right? In Champaign, and they lost. And they're playing Michigan State tonight. Wall is not in the lineup. Oh, he's not. Okay, no, he's not. Okay. And then uh, the Badgers have to turn around and go to Indiana on Saturday. So they lost their first Big Ten game of the season. That was uh, down in Champaign this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and people always mistake when they hear me say. They're not entertaining to think I'm like this big Badger hater and I want them to fail. Um, they're, they're, they're a good program. They win a lot of games. I just don't enjoy watching that. That's just that's not, just my personal preference. Not your style. I'm, I'm much more anxious to watch a, a 95 to 85 game than a 62 to 57 game. That's just my opinion. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, Bucky 11 and 3, 3 and 1 in the Big Ten, like you said. Um Won a very, very – they did not look good in the Minnesota game, um, but but were able to hang on late for the win. Hepburn came up with a big big mm-hmm. steal on a kid where I'm watching the game and I'm just like, dude, you cannot turn the ball over there. Um, and then went down and lost to uh, the Illini, which is a tough place to play. They got good athletes down there. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if they'd have lost with Tyler Wall down at Illinois. Um, I, I I don't know how the hell Joey Hauser's still in college, but he's still on Michigan State. I think we watched him in the state tournament, um, like in 2010, but somehow he's still playing for Izzo. So, um, only two Big Ten teams ranked right now: Bucky and Purdue. Ohio State's not ranked. No, okay. so the Big Ten a little weak hmm. right now in the eyes of the voters. Okay. Um. Indiana's been a little bit of a disappointment. I, they were ranked pretty high yes, early on. Right so now, they're were. second to last in the Big Ten, and they're like ten and five overall. So not not a great start. Surprisingly, the other three and one team in the Big Ten is Northwestern. Didn't Indiana just lose to Northwestern? Yeah, I think. Yeah. So um, hmm. Big Ten's a little upside down right now. It's still so early. We're only four games into an eighteen game. I believe conference season. And I want to say, did Rutgers or Nebraska beat Purdue as soon as Rutgers they got did. the number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that, that, dude, that's what that, that's why it's almost almost impossible in power conferences in college basketball, even at the D three level. It's almost impossible to go undefeated in your conference because there's just shit happens. Everybody <laughs> knows everybody. The coaches know all the, each other's right. plays. It's just hard to do. Um, Surprisingly, I was really surprised when I saw this, but then not as much when I thought about it. Bracketology has dropped the Badgers to a seven in the South playing New Mexico. Now, you might say, that's ridiculous. They're ranked 18. They should be um, probably a five seed. Why did they drop? Well, (sighs) their best win of the season is Marquette. They really don't have a signature win other than that. I mean, you beat Maryland when Maryland was ranked, but Maryland hasn't been ranked for a while. Yeah, you hung with Kansas on a neutral floor down in the Caribbean, but you lost, so you don't really get a lot of points for that. Um, You know, some of the other teams, Dayton, um, I think maybe NC State, did they play them, I think, in the the ACC Big Ten Challenge? None of those teams are doing very well, so... You don't really have any resume wins, like I said, other than really Marquette. That's been the best win this year. So, you know, anytime you can beat Michigan State, people kind of look at it because they're that kind of a program. 
It's kind of like Villanova, like I talked about, Marquette. Mm-hmm. Villanova's not Villanova normally, but still going into their place and winning. You like to do that. Um, you know, the Badgers are going to be okay. You know, I, I think they're probably looking at it. Can they split these two games without Wall? They probably figure they can. And um, and then you're still in pretty good shape to, to have a chance to win the Big Ten. You probably win the Big Ten before four losses, something like that. Um, and then Marquette back into the top 25, 13 and four, five and one in the big East third place, uh, behind UConn and Providence who's undefeated and Providence is the only team to beat Marquette in that like double overtime game mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, golden Eagles took care of St. John's last week, 96, 85, and then handled Georgetown 95, 73 on Saturday. <laughs> Even they were down at half. Yeah. Colick 15 assists, no turnovers. Hadn't been done in 30 years in the Big East. That's saying something. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Boy, they got a gauntlet. Tough week. Yeah, well, they got UConn tomorrow, number six UConn in Milwaukee tomorrow. Go to Xavier Sunday, number 12 Xavier. And then next Tuesday, I believe, they have Providence at home. So these next three games are going to determine, are you a conference title contender or not? So they've already played Providence. Yep. Does the... Does the scheduling in the Big East, the Big Ten, and I haven't looked at the Big Ten. I'd be probably more knowledgeable with the Badgers if I looked. Do they do a half and half? No, it's just it's just whenever. Yep. So it doesn't matter if you play Providence no, the first two out of the three games. No, because the- sometimes they'll play DePaul like with five games to go, and then they'll play them the last, last game. game. Okay. So. All right. Um, they've surprisingly, again, got Marquette in the <laughs> four spot in the Midwest against okay. Princeton. But. When you look at Marquette's they body have, of work, it's a better it, It's a little stronger, yeah. and you know their best loss, the Badgers' best loss, is the Kansas loss, but it's neutral floor in a in a tournament. Marquette's best loss is at Purdue by five in a game that they a bounce or two goes their way, they win. Mm-hmm. They were they were right there. So, but both teams, like I said, both teams are going to be fine. I really think both teams are going to contend for their conference. Um. Which is cool. And as I was looking at the bracket, they had Milwaukee, the 16th seed, um, against, I believe, Houston. Yeah, Houston in the West. Because Milwaukee just got on top of the Horizon They're on top of the Horizon League, which at this point means nothing because at the end of the day, you got to win the tournament. Right. They're never going to get an at-large. No. But, hey, they had been really bad, really bad under Baldwin. Not Green Bay bad. No, but pretty close. So nice to see them kind of back in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, always fun yeah, when I still remember that when they made the tournament. Yeah, those were all guys I grew up playing against. That's awesome, you know, and that playing was, with. That was that, a lot of fun to that watch. Was so fun, but uh, it's always fun to see them or Green Bay, you know, be relevant. Right. Yep. Somebody else to cheer for for sure. Uh, Purdue, Kansas, Houston, and Alabama have moved up to the one seed, um, and Arizona and UConn dropped down to the two, along with UCLA and Tennessee. So those are your top eight seeds right now. Um, it's just kind of weird to see Houston and Alabama on that one line. Right. You know, I mean, Alabama, traditional football in Houston. Yeah. It's been a while. Uh, but, you know, good to see UConn back. I mean, that was always a, a college powerhouse our entire childhood for the most part, for really sure. from the early 90s yep. on. And uh, good to see them back. Good to see UCLA back. <clears throat> Do you follow the Chris Beard thing at all I, I, a little bit very strange all i saw was the headline and then what he was being accused of and then how the wife 
recanted some details of what he did and did not do. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter to Texas because they just said the behavior of that is not indicative of a leader of a university program and you are no longer representing us. Right. Which makes sense, but I I, I mean, that's, that's some serious stuff going on, some, the allegations of what happened. Yeah. Um, it sounded like she instigated a fight by breaking his glasses and then he grabbed her. The initial story came out that he had choked her out from behind. Choke, bit, punch, and kick or something. She said that he never did choke her. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's just one of those, I, I, you know, we're not there. I don't know what's going on. Um, I don't even really care to comment on that part. Right. But Austin is like the Madison of the South when you're talking about like hyper, hyper liberalism and oh. a- activism. Oh, in Texas? Austin. Okay. College town. Yeah, well, yeah. So I'm not surprised gotcha. that the administration decided to pull the plug on him. Yep. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, the guy took Texas Tech to the national championship game, got his dream job at Texas, the step up from the little brother, and I think he lasted like a year and eight games, something like that. I mean, it, it seems like it's one of those things where he'll get another job, and of I think, he will. and I think he'll be, I think he'll get a decent next job, and I think within five years he's back at a big time school because he's that good of a coach. Uh, but yeah, just an ugly, ugly, ugly situation. Ugly situation that I don't know. I, mean, I just this is the part that as you get older, <laughs> like it's just gross, and I don't even really want to talk about it, you know. But I mean, it happened, so it's. That's why I try not to pay attention. Or I mean, I know it's in the sports world, but there's... We've all been around people that know how to push our buttons. Right. Right? That's so very much so. So, you know, there's, no, there's never an instance to, you know, punch your wife. No. But, never. you know, people push each other's buttons. And, some, and things get done. Sometimes people don't have the off switch. No. No. They just go from zero to nuclear. And then, you know, I in the exaggeration of the story and all that, and of she, course. she recanted some things, and I think he recanted some things, and blah, 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 blah. But bottom line is he's out, and uh, Texas was like, I think they were like top two or three in the country mm-hmm. at one point. Yes. So, I don't know. I don't know. Tough for the, a bunch of college kids to Right, lose your coach that. like that, yeah. for sure. I mean, although the guy that took over is probably the guy that actually did all your recruiting who you have the actual That's relationship with. But Kenny Coach. Yeah, Kenny Coach. Don't know. Exactly. We'll see. We'll see at the end of the year how they do and then whether those guys want to stick around. Right. So um so that's pretty much everything. We we're there's not a whole lot to go for the for the high school stuff. We have we're about halfway this next week, not this week, next week we'll at the end of this one signals the halfway point for the girls' season because we already have Parker and Craig round two next week uh, for, for girls' basketball. But um, I, I don't know. It's, you know, we, first half impressions. We have seen some good games and some bad games. We've seen good teams and bad teams. We've seen good officiating crews and bad officiating crews. And we haven't even had to be there for some of them. We've heard from some coaches. We've seen it with our own eyes. Um, and it's, and, and you bring it up a lot because because you talk to your dad and you know he's sometimes a little critical of of what we talk about and how he's we talk critical about it. when we're critical, 
<laughs> right? But like you, your defense to him is that we don't go out looking to talk about this stuff. But when it's so blatant and in our face, and it becomes part of the game and deciding how it's played and leading to what the outcome is, you can't ignore it. And we've had probably more than two, less than five per year. And we're doing, you know, we're doing 40, 45 games a year. Yep. So, you know, about every, what, about every eighth game we're seeing where it's kind of a referee debacle. So, you know, if you think about it that way, it's not a high it's, percentage. It's not a super high percentage, but it just seems like when it's been bad, it's been, it's really been bad. bad yes. And we've seen some, we've, well, we've heard of some vendettas and some threats, which are completely out of line. Um, and, you know, we've also heard about some like cronyism. Oh, which, yeah. Which yeah. is which is a little odd to me. Well, listen, what, you know, I don't this I don't think this is an open secret. So um, we were told um, by one of the coaching staffs in Janesville that they played a game and their assistant was told to sit down 30 seconds into the game. Um, assistants aren't technically supposed to stand up. The only one supposed to stand up is the coach. But if you've ever been to any high school game, the assistants are always standing up, and, and when they're coaching their kid, the referees don't do anything. So apparently 30 seconds or so into the game, one of the coaches, assistant coaches, was told, given a warning and told to sit down. We did a game on Saturday in Madison against, uh, it was a Madison Memorial, and their head coach, who's one of the most successful head coaches in Wisconsin history, Steve Collins, acted like a complete lunatic and a child jumping up and down at referee calls, screaming at a referee to the point um, where the referee ran past him, stopped dead in his tracks, looked back at him, and I thought was going to throw him out of the gym, but didn't. Well, that doesn't seem like a equitable reaction, does it? No. So, you know, I hear a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of angst from the referee community and the people that support them about how they're treated during the game. And listen, we don't hear everything because we got headphones on, but we hear some stuff and we're there for a lot of JV games. And we hear some of the things that are said, I would say 95% of the complaining, which there is too much of, but I would say 95% of the complaining is just the same old fashioned basketball complaining that you've always heard three seconds, travel, double dribble, foul, the same generic stuff that you always hear. It's been a very, very small portion that I think anybody has directed anything insulting to an individual official. Um, we, we, we were watching the one at Beloit where the, the rather large lady got up, got up right and gave, the, gave the bird to one of the referees. Him off that, that's, a different, that's a different story. Like, that's ha-ha funny, but that's that's over the line. That's that's ridiculous. You shouldn't be doing that. But we've seen a lot of referees in, in over the last couple of years worrying too much about all of the other stuff around the game that isn't involving the game. The the worrying about whether a, a an assistant coach's cheeks are three inches off of the off of the bench, that's not really in the spirit of the rule. Spirit of the rule is we just don't want your whole bench up. That's the spirit of the rule. You got to understand that. Um, you know, constantly getting into back and forth 
with fans in telling them to knock it off, threatening to kick them out, or actually kicking them out. If you're going to kick them out, kick them out. But all this other back and forth I don't we don't need. Um, too many bench warnings we're seeing. Um, and knowing some of the coaches that we know, they're not deserved because they're not those kind of guys. Um, so I, I just... I, I I understand what the referees are saying. Look, we're not making any money. We're giving up our time. We don't deserve to be abused. I get that, and I agree with you. But me yelling travel, that's not abuse. That's just me disagreeing with what you didn't call or did call, just disagreeing with it. Um, if I tell you you're a fucking idiot and you need to, you're blind and you need to wear glasses and, and I follow you out into the parking lot, that's a completely different story, and I'm, I'm a million percent on your side. But... You know, somebody barking at you about you missing a call or or a, or a coach disagreeing with a call or a non-call, you guys constantly stopping the game is hurting the kids. It's killing the flow of the game. It's making people want to go less. It's definitely made students want to go less. And we've also, unfortunately, this year, and it has been this year, we've seen a couple guys make it about them. And we've seen referees that individually have just taken over games where, like, in a two-minute span, they just call six fouls by themselves. And it's just kind of like, what are, you, what are you doing? I don't, you know, and that's not necessarily new to this generation of guys and gals that ref, but that's where, our, that's where the frustration from the fan and the player come from because it's kind of like the game's been going along, going along, going along, and then it's just like, bam, you, you stopped it. Why? And it's nothing to me that we see in-game that is any different. Mm-mm. And that's where, like, one of the games that we, that we did, we saw it officiated completely differently in the first half and then the script flipped in the second half, even though the dynamic in the game had not changed. But now all of a sudden, things that were being let go in the first half were not being let go in the second half. Right. You know? And that's... It almost, to me, is like part of the learning process about figuring out the other team in the first half and what we got to do and what we got to improve on. You got to figure out how the game is being called, and you have to adapt to that. And that, and that, to me, has become much more of a noticeable thing. It's like, well, what can we do and what can't we do and how much can we do it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and the, the the person making a bunch of calls in a row, not anything new that we haven't seen no, before. No, that's um, age, that's as, as my uh, college coach Dave Vandermeer would say, that's fucking ages old. <laughs> it's always happened. But my question about the whole thing is that do these guys watch the tape? I don't know. That's a good question. I've always wondered that. Do they review their games? Mm -hmm. Because I know coaches are instructed to rate the officiating after the game that go online, and and you get crews that have a certain grade level or a mark or a percentage or approval, whatever they are. And so you know what you're getting. And there's some cronyism in that as well. Right. No doubt about it. I, I'm I'm wondering about the follow-up. I bet it's probably 50-50. I think some do and some don't. You know, the ones that care do, and the ones that are just trying to make a little extra money, they don't go back and review it. As soon as they exit the gym, it's out of their mind. Sure, because there's guys that you played a sport with that 
you might watch the tape, but they're not watching the tape. I, suppose it's, it's I was a, there. I, I was there. I, what do I need to watch the tape for? I was there. I suppose it's like anything else. Yeah. But yeah. To me, and maybe this, and you and I talked about it on our, our most recent road trip when we went to La Follette, there's just a segment of the population for whatever job that they're in doesn't really care about their performance going back and wanting to improve on what they had previously done. They just keep doing the job that they're being paid to do. It's not any different. It's not improvement. It's not what can I do better. It's just going to show up, do my work, go home. That's yeah. it. And and to me, that in any line of work, that's just the wrong thing to do, personally. That's just my personal belief. So after the game, I would say I want to go look and see what my tendencies are, what my habits are, what I missed, what I did well, and then go and improve on that. Maybe they don't have that system set up. I don't have that answer. I would be curious if they do, how many people are utilizing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Those are questions after the fact so that we can continue to try and see improvement rather than the same things that you and I see every eighth game. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes you just get a bat. You you get a group of parents that are just pricks. Yes, it, very it happens. True. It's like very it, it, true. it's just like sometimes when we were in school. Sometimes you'd have a really smart class. Sometimes you'd have a class with a bunch of dirt balls. And it's the same thing with parents. Like we've seen parental groups over the ten years that we've been doing this that have been a lot more obnoxious and vocal than others. Yep. We just have. We've had some that have been extremely grateful to what you and I do. We've had some that have complained about the way you and I do it. We've had some that don't even act like we don't even exist. So, it's it, you know, different people, different groups of people each year, yada, yada, yada. But my whole thing is, and we've got uh, a referee that we know, nice guy, um, used to talk to us. Doesn't really talk to us anymore at these games, mostly because of me, because I, I know that he's heard some of the things that I've said during our games about some calls, and he doesn't like criticism of referees. But my my whole thing is, like, I'm not criticizing you. I'm criticizing the call. And, you know... um, if I disagree with your travel call, I'm not saying you're a moron. <laughs> I'm just saying you're wrong. Right. I disagree. Yep. Or if I if I'm a player and I and I think I got fouled and you don't call it, I, I don't I don't hate your guts. I just think I got fouled. It's usually that simple. And I think that's like I said, that's what ninety five percent of the people in the stands are doing. Maybe they're loud, but like if you think that's loud. Like, you should have been in some of these old gyms when they had 2,500 and 3,000 people in them. That's fucking loud. Make a bad call there. Right. You know, when you got, you know, 800 high school students, half of them blasted out of their gourd, just want to scream shit when you could actually yell stuff. Right. Now you can't even do anything. And they're, and they're, and they're, they're more sensitive about what's being said now than they ever were. And maybe it's the reverse. Maybe it's because there's not enough people in there. Maybe the rabbit ears are just right. more up it's, than they've ever been because now I hear everything. It's more distinguishable. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, this this woe is me thing where we're constantly making it about the refs, like, that that's not why anybody's going. Nobody goes to just yell at you. No. They want to go watch a good game. That's and that's what we say. When we call these games and we have these nights when we have to talk about it, it sucks. 
because you know what it means? Usually means the game sucks. Right. You know, there was a game here in town the other day the Parker boys played. They should, there was 61 fouls. Who the hell wants to watch that? Who the hell wants to even play that? So, listen, like I said, all all the all the over the top shit, the personal stuff, the threats of any violence, I'm with you, people on the referee side. I'm with you a million percent. But all the other stuff, like, just ref the game. Just ref the game. Because that's what everybody is paying to see. How great was that game that we did on Saturday? It was amazing. It's unbelievable. It was what? amazing. And it was, there were probably a, a total of less than yeah. 20 fouls. And, and I don't know, two timeouts? Three, yeah. three timeouts? And the only reason there were more than 10 is because... They had to follow, had to follow at the end, yeah. at the end of the game, yeah, to try and keep it close. But it was and, it was three gentlemen, three guys, probably I would say in their sixties or close to it, yep, late fifties, early sixties, guys we've seen before, yep, um, and guys that generally do a good job and that we don't ever have to te- speak about. There's a couple other guys that we see from time to time. They're not usually Janesville local guys, but sometimes when we travel up to Madison, we'll see them. Not good. I mean, we see, and then you get down to the lower level, and it's, you know, some guys that aren't even getting past half court and it's stuff. And just it's, like anything else, you're going to have good people yeah. and you're going to have bad people. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, not ragging on these guys because okay. I don't want to be accused of being a ref hater because I know the <laughs> the sensitivity meter can get up there real quick. So, you got anything else, or is that. Well, uh, the last thing, there's been some talk, and, and Coach Bredesen from Parker brought it up to me the other day. Apparently, like eight of the top 10 teams in the state right now are in the same sectional in the oh. in Division One for boys. Okay. Um, over in the Milwaukee area. And there's been a lot of hand wringing about it and, and uh, bitching and moaning about how unfair it is to certain teams and whatnot. Well, you know what? You wouldn't have that problem if you still had eight sectionals like you always did when the state tournament was good. Instead of worrying about the fucking school with 250 people in it, they play Division Four, and worrying about whether or not it's harder for them to get to state or not, um, what you actually did was make all the players in the teams that people actually want to watch, you made it harder for them to get to state, and, and in some cases almost impossible. So, way to go. That's why your ratings stink. <laughs> um, I'll, ne- I'll never get off that soapbox. No, that's... There's, there's, there's two things in high school basketball that have to happen for me to shut up. 35 second or even 45 second I would take shot clock. And you got to go back to eight teams in D1. I, I was going to for, for the state tournament. I was going to ask about the shot clock. Did we talk about that last week? No, that's okay. a topic for another day. Uh Lauren, I don't know when he is leaving. I don't know if he's doing senior bowl. I saw that he um is making plans to go to Paris and Iceland. I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to him about why, but I don't know how soon. But we should get him on to talk Bears yep. sooner rather than later before yep. the season is too far in the rearview mirror. So I'll Absolutely. work on that for next time. Yep. Um, but so I wanted to make sure that we, we get that on the agenda. And uh, just to just to be on the up and up. Oh, boy. So one of my predictions on December 13th, I said if the Lions beat the Jets in week 15, they would make the playoffs. I was damn close. I was damn close. Not wrong. Right then and there. You know, this was good though. Freaking Seahawks don't yep. win that game. Correct. Lions are in. I told you before the season I thought the Lions you were going to be in the mix. But I also told you Denver was going to be in the AFC title game. I so, told you, you know, Arizona was going to be. Don't know shit. In the playoffs. Think, think you know something? Don't know don't nothing. Don't know nothing.
That is our episode for this week. Uh, closing out on the 90-minute mark. Thank you for uh, sticking with us, listening, downloading, and uh, please subscribe and also uh, tell your friends. We would appreciate it. So playoffs are upon us. Until next week, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We'll talk to you then. Let's go Bucks. Get hot. <laughs>